On today's episode of Gathering the Kings. Somebody might somehow be an overnight success, but if they have not been through the trials, if they have not been through the failures, if they have not been through the lowest of the lows, if they haven't learned how to struggle through the days when they just don't even want to get out of bed, if they haven't learned how to deal with the biggest freaking problems they could ever imagine, they're going to lose all of it. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine-figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life, but have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. All right, everybody, I'm Chaz Wolf. Gathering the Kings this week, I've got Rocky Anderson, the King Stage. Welcome, brother. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm doing great. Good, man. I'm, you know, since our first conversation, I've been looking forward to this because you know, there's a lot of guys in business that I just get the like stuck up feeling from. But when I chatted with you, man, it was just like, man, that dude was real, just authentic and straightforward as they come. <laughs> what you see so, is what you get. <laughs> yeah, man. So I'm super looking forward to this conversation, but please tell us who you are. What industry are you in? What kind of business you have? Give us a little quick introduction here. So Rocky Anderson, of course, and my, my business is ADC Wastewater Engineering. We design wastewater treatment systems for projects like housing developments, shopping centers, resorts, that kind of thing. And our specialty is projects that are not connected to public sewers. So we have to treat and put the, somehow get the water back in the ground within the boundaries of the project. So what wow. we really like to do is, is treat to reclaimed water standards and then you reuse the water for landscape irrigation and that sort of thing. And, and if we can't do that or if the project doesn't make sense, then we treat it to a point where we can put it back into the ground and then indirect aquifer recharge from there. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That that may have gone over, you know, a lot of people's head. And so we're going to dive into some of this, maybe a little bit, maybe not the X's and O's of the actual engineering of it, but but how you've built this business. And I'm just really excited yeah. about that piece of it. So before we yeah, do that, though, it, I, what's that? Sorry, just the short of it that we joke about is we do poo. <laughs> hey, you, you, they say you're supposed to be able to say what you do in, in right. like this much. And you did one. <laughs> there you go. You know, at least, at least it's not as a crappy of a situation as a plumber. <laughs> That's very true. Right? <laughs> and we don't walk around. And we don't walk around with our ass cracks hanging out. <laughs> so I forgot to ask: is, is profanity like allowed on this, or does yeah, it matter? Yeah, we're, good. <laughs> we're good, man. Okay, so I got a question for you. At this stage, you're crushing it, and for all intents and purposes, most people who are listening are like, Rocky's gotten to this stage of like, I can only dream of being where he is. So why do you keep pushing now? even after all the success? I'm just committed to, I'm literally committed to finding the highest, best version of myself that I can possibly find. And each time that I get to a different level, and I, I don't mean just financially, I mean physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, everything. And of course, that all directly translates to my business. And 100%. You know, every time that I have sort of met my, like the next level of myself, then I see an entirely 
another level of myself that's possible. And so I'm not somebody who's ever going to retire or anything like that. I just, that's just not in my DNA. So I just, I, I am just really committed to, I have, I also feel like I have a lot to make up for with some of the circumstances of my own life. And so I just, I just plan on pushing until I'm six feet under. <laughs> that's right. The, the purpose that you've kind of just identified of like reaching for the next level or the best version of myself always, what, what gives you the mindset or the insight to understand that when you've gone to the next level, that then there's even another level above it? Like what, how does, how does, how has that worked for you? How have you figured that out? Well, a lot of it is actually, to be honest, you know, you know, I'm in the Arte syndicate and a lot of it has been Andy, Andy Priscilla and Ed Milet's coaching and, and, and just really understanding that even dudes that are at their level, you know, worth almost a, a billion dollars a piece and they are not, they yeah. still, you know, they know that they, they could still go broke. They know that they have to keep pushing. They have to keep growing or, you know, they, they could lose it all too. <laughs> so, you know, and it's not like it's a fear. It's just that they know you're either growing or you're dying. And if those guys are saying that, and they obviously both have built incredible dynasties for themselves. And if they're saying that and they believe it, then who am I to, who am I to refute that? Yeah. 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 It's interesting when you, when you talk with guys who have the DNA of success, I mean, that can be defined many ways, but there's, there's not usually a lot of mm, self-absorbent actions. It's usually delay, delay, delay. Think about the next version. Think about the next deal. Think about, you know, kids, grandkids, like the future is just very, it doesn't have to be right now where I get the result but I'm, I'm pressing in for the next thing, which is what you just said, even about yourself. It's like, I'm satisfied with like, I'm, I'm good with where I'm at, but I'm not like, okay with being there forever, you know? Right. Right. Thankful yeah, to be here, you know? Exactly. And that's, and that's the balance I think is, is being, I mean, part of my morning routine is every morning, like literally saying out loud to myself what I'm grateful for. And, yeah. and I think it's okay to be, dissatisfied with where you are. Cause again, it's not just about money to me, the, to me, the financial side of it is, is the result of you having put in the, the, the daily effort on each and every part of your being. And then it just eventually takes care of itself, the money and the finances and all that kind of stuff and the, the blingy stuff, you know? And, and so to me, it's, to me, that's the, and of course I have a vision board and of course the vision board has lots of cool stuff on it. And, but that stuff, that's not really what I'm chasing. What I'm chasing is who I have to be in order to actually have obtained that stuff and achieve that stuff. That's so good. Like that point right there, because so many people get locked up in whether it's a vision board or just a desire for whether it's something material or something for their family or even something on behalf of others. But, but the point of it is, is that it takes finances to do that. And to what you're saying, it takes a certain character, a certain level or a certain process of you becoming you in order to achieve the financial position to get those things. Exactly. Right. So like how, how do you project that onto someone now? Or like maybe someone who's listening right now who says that they want a nice car, they want a nice house, but at the same feeling, they're like, Oh, that sounds selfish. And maybe I just need to want to give money away, or maybe they want to give money away. They don't want a nice house, but either way it's money. 
what would you say to that person that they're kind of in that limited thinking? They still want it, but they're limited in their thinking. Well, I'd say a couple of things about that. I, one, I think that I think we are in a little bit of a slippery slope in society where there's a loud contingent trying to make it sound bad to want to be wealthy and to want to be independent. And the bottom line, there is there are enough resources in the world for everybody to be wealthy. Sure, there, there might be a couple bad actors out there, but for the most part, people don't a- obtain a billion dollar net worth by screwing people over. Right. They obtain that kind of net worth by bringing people up along with them. So whether you want to spend the money or give it away or whatever you want to do, the first thing I would say is nobody should be ashamed about wanting to make or actually making a lot of money. And nobody should be ashamed about about flexing what they've gotten out of it. You know, I mean, it's just because I know I know for me, I celebrate, you know, dudes that I know and I see they're driving a new exotic or, or you know, somebody's upgraded their freaking airplane. I'm, I'm excited for them. You know, I'm not I'm not feeling jealous. I'm if, if they're ahead of me, I'm it's inspiring me to think about, man, what do I need to do to like, what am I need to push harder? I need to push harder, you know? So there's that piece of it. And then, because I think if you can't celebrate people winning, you're never going to win because you're putting the, you're literally putting the energy out to the universe that you don't want to win, that you think winning is bad. Right. Yep. I think visualization is incredibly important around visualizing, not just seeing things, but actually, you know, slowing it down to where you can feel it and taste it and, touch it and smell it. And, you know, you want a Ferrari? What does it sound like? You know, what does it feel like to sit in the, sit in the driver's seat and fire that sucker up, you know, or whatever, whatever the thing might be and really vision, but then also visualize the feeling like, again, like, who are you that you, that you have achieved these things? Like what, what's going through your brain right now? What's, what's, you know, what thing, what are you dealing with internally right now? Now that you're at that level. And then I, and then, and then I think you have to be able to, to, when you, kind of come back to putting your vision into meaningful action, which is the other half of, because nobody gets anywhere by just dreaming. Nobody gets anywhere right. by just thinking or just having fancy pictures on the wall. You have to take meaningful action. But I think you have to take the meaningful action as that person. You can't get to where you want to be by being who you are that's yeah. managing your current situation. You have to right. be that person yeah. that that is in your vision and you have to walk like that and breathe like that, talk like that. And think about what that person would, would say about certain things and how they would act about certain things and then do those things. You might not have the resources yet, but you can still, you can still walk in the same footsteps as who that person is. Yeah. And I, I think that's the only way to actually get there. Yeah, no, I think what you're saying is so like spot on, especially for the, again, the listener six figure trying to get to seven, which is just a small, like little jump in the road in the, in the grand scheme of things, mm-hmm. but it's such a big mindset jump because this, what you're talking about is everything when it comes to that type of switch, you know, and it doesn't have to be necessarily just six to seven, but that's generally the, the, the trajectory that I figured out is that when that mindset shifts, things start to open up pretty, yeah. pretty big. And so how does someone listening right now, who's, you know, maybe they've been in business for a year or two, maybe they've been in business for 10 or 20 years. I don't know, but they just can't get past that, that place of, where they are now, probably because they've been operating as the person that they are now, to your point, how do they, how do they pull that person forward, right? Because they, they either don't believe it or they haven't ever met that person, right? Or they don't know what that person's thinking or feeling. So how do they get into that place or that person that they're supposed to be now before that person exists? So well, that's a lot to unpack there. 
Yeah. Uh, hey, you, you brought us here. <laughs> I think that, I mean, one of the things that I would say is even though, even though it seems like a monumental shift, man, you, you win in millimeters. You, I believe you literally win in millimeters and it's, 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 it's every little thing that you do and then do it over and over again and do, you know, you do a little bit more here and a little bit more there. And, and you just, you just eventually, before you know it, you don't recognize yourself anymore. Like you look back to the person you were five years ago and you're like, oh shit, I would have never been like, I can't even go back to that way of thinking. So I don't know that I'm, I'm sure there's probably people who have some sort of life altering epiphany and things just click and sure. off they go. That's not my experience. So I've been in business for a little over 30 years, actually. I think I started when I was 23 and I went full time when I was 26. Okay. Uh, and I spent really up until 10 years ago, I spent being that small person. And that, I, mm. I don't want to say that negatively. It's, it's not no. negative, but, but just, you know, I didn't see my, my value. I didn't see, I was yeah. a, I was a, I was self-employed is yeah. how I would put it. You yeah. Know? 100%. And and, and that's, and my dad was eventually, he was a, uh, he was a partner in a small engineering firm and then, and then became self-employed. And that's how I would describe him. He was self-employed. He wasn't an entrepreneur. He wasn't a, he wasn't a, he wasn't a scaler. He wasn't a builder. He was just self-employed, didn't have any employees or anything else. And, and that's kind of how I saw myself. I, I sort of came into this business by accident, actually, even though my dad was an engineer and I'm actually a high school dropout who happens to own an engineering firm. So I, I think we, we might've talked about that in the intro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll have to get into that. And, and so it was really up until about 10 years ago that, you know, that I just, I didn't see myself as much. I had tried to actually build my business a couple of times and I failed. I failed miserably. I went broke a couple of times. And, and then I just kind of, I don't know, I just made a shift about 10 years ago to start looking for people who were far more successful than I was. Look at what they were doing, start following them, start reading about them, start learning and, and just kind of start applying some of those, you know, philosophies. And it was a lot of trial and errors and a lot of, you know, inconsistency and, and, but it was, but it was growth. And like I said, I wouldn't even, I, I, I wouldn't recognize myself from five years ago, but my 10 years, 10 years ago, just be like, no way, no yeah. way, you know, but it didn't happen overnight. It just kind of, it happened because of all the little things that I did over and over again. And even when I would, you know, fail or fall down or whatever you want to call it, I'd just keep going and, yeah. and I'd just keep working at it. And yeah. so that's what I would say. It's just, it's, it's not fun. I mean, it's un, un, winning is fun, but yeah. the work is not fun. The work of like getting up at three 30 in the morning, every morning and, you know, trying pressing to have, in. what's that? Pressing in. Yeah. Yeah. Whether you want to or not, because it's not about the days that you feel like doing it. The separation is in the days that you don't feel like doing it. You do it anyway. You know, yeah. yeah, whether it's the gym, whether it's whether it's saying I love you to your wife or whether it's, you know, pressing on on a particular project that you got to get done or whatever it is. You know, it's it's the days that you don't feel like doing it. And you do it anyway and you do it like you do want to do it. You do it like you do love it. That that's the separation. Yeah, I've got that saying <clears throat> that confidence is a drug and winning is the dealer. And yeah, it, it wraps up everything that you just said, because the person that's listening right now, they just need to win more. Yeah. That seems so simple, but whether it's the, over the course of a 30 year career or just waking up tomorrow when you said you were going to. Well, that's a big thing that, I mean, really both Andy and Ed talk about that, but Andy, especially that, you know, you have to, you have to start by winning the day. 
whatever that is for you. So like Andy has this thing called the power list. I happen to use it, but you got five things on there that you, that those are the things you are going to get done that day. And some of them might be repeat things. Like let's say you want to lose weight. Well, there better be something on there every single day, or you want to get in better shape. There better be something in there every single day about getting to the gym or doing whatever you're going to do. And then eventually once you've done it for, for three months and you're, and you know, you're still doing it every day. Well, you can take that one off the list because now it's a habit and now you can move on to the next thing that you want to improve upon. And, or there might be some other critical stuff on there, like a particular phone call that needs to get made or whatever. And I tend to like to put one thing on there that scares me a little bit every day mm. and something that makes me uncomfortable. And, yeah. and you, if you check those things off by 11 o'clock in the morning, well, you just won the day, you know, it's as simple as that. And, and because I think confidence a lot of confidence, I think, comes from just doing what you told yourself you were going to do when nobody was listening. And building a history of it. And building a history of it. Because then when, sh when shit hits the fan and you say, I can take care of this, I can fix this or whatever it is, you know you will because you've built a history with yourself of doing what you said you were going to do. Yeah. And so I think, I think that's where the confidence starts is just by, just by winning the day in, in, in each and every, cause you, you start stringing together a bunch of days that you win. Well, now you've won the week and then eventually you've won the month and then eventually you've won the year. And, and it's, it's really a, it's really an interesting process. I think of, of, of having, having your big vision and having your big intentions, but then you really got to bring it right back to right now and just what needs to be done right now. Yep. I have found is that there are some people, entrepreneurs usually find themselves in one of two categories. They're good about the right now, which is, you know, like your more integrator, your, your X's and O type of a guy who just head down doing the work. And then you got the other guy, this is a visionary who has a terrible time with the execution of the day. Yeah. But if you, what you're saying is if we can get both of these together, then I can see who I'm supposed to be. I can try to pull that person into today. And yep. then practically like, okay, how do I, how do I be that person today through these things that I'm trying to get done, whether it's a habit yep. that I'm trying to create or an actual difficult task that I need to like dial in and make sure that I get done so yep. that I can create this repeatable history with myself of, yeah, I'm going to do what I say. And I believe in myself because of it. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and, and to that point, taking action from the person, your future, taking action from the perspective of your future self Somebody who's winning like that, they're not procrastinating. They're not right. turning away from things that, that make them uncomfortable. Right. They're not avoiding conversations they need to be having. You know, they're, they're, they're just they're getting in there and they're taking action. They're getting it out of the way and they're moving on to the next thing because they know that procrastination is a killer. It's the death knell, right? Yep. And, and so, so, again, it comes back to that of like, okay, I want to avoid this, but this dude over here who's worth $100 million doesn't avoid this shit. So I better get to it. Yep, exactly. You know, before we move on, I, I, you said something that I want to ask you and, and hopefully you'll, you'll answer or be able to answer. You said you write something down. That's scary. What, what scares Rocky Anderson? Mm, it still is really uncomfortable for me to, because a big, a big part of my work is relationships. Like, I mean, that's, that's how we, that's how we, that's how we ultimately gain our clients is by building relationships with, you know, national builders and national developers and that sort of thing. And so right. it's still really uncomfortable from uncomfortable for me to, even if it's sort of a, 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 a almost warm lead where 
you know, I already know the division president of the Pacific Northwest is ex-national builder, and I, it's uncomfortable for me to call him. We have a relationship. We've done projects together, so it's uncomfortable for me to say, hey, you know, here's what we're doing now, and we're, we're growing this side of our business, and would you be willing to introduce me to your counterpart in Arizona? And yeah. that's super uncomfortable for me. And then even once he's made the introduction, it's still uncomfortable for me to, like, be reaching out to the people wow. he said this guy's amazing his company's amazing you need to meet him you need to introduce you know you need just need yeah. to know who he is so that he can help they can help you out yeah it's still uncomfortable for me to 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 go because i still you know i think we all have it to a degree i still have that like imposter you know syndrome where you know i'm sure i'm just a, i mean I'm, I'm, a, I'm a high school dropout what the hell does anybody want to talk to me about engineering for you know it's like and so i have to like i really have to overcome that conversation all the time not always sometimes i think sometimes i just really own that i'm a badass yeah and sometimes and then sometimes i'm just like yeah i'm nervous about making this call so yeah it's so good to so hear those kind of call those kind of calls go on my power list a lot of having to get yeah of course as they should, because you're the person that can make that call, yeah. uh, you know, and the, I, I just hope that the listener it just took in what they, what they just witnessed, you know, just a, a literal King in the business who, who says, you know, some, some days, some days it's difficult and not some, a lot. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if we're being honest, you know, yep. it's the weight of the crown, you know, it's the weight of the yeah. decisions or the phone calls or the things that make us uncomfortable but you still make the call. Nobody really knew that you hesitated. Nobody really knew you had this back and forth. You had the back and forth. You maybe wrestled with yourself a little bit. Maybe you walked away from the desk, but you forced yourself to come back and you freaking made the phone call. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. That over the course of 30 years, I mean, how can you, how can you not win? Right. Right. What would you say to the person right now who's less than five years into their business? And they want obviously everything to happen right now, right? They're like, oh my gosh, I'm a failure. I'm not at the seven figure mark by five years in, you know, I must, I must not be out for this. I must not be good. You know, like all the doubt, right? Like, what would you say to that person? I would say that it's not going to happen overnight. I think it's an anomaly when, when stuff like that does happen overnight. And I don't think it really happens as much as people try to make it seem like it happens because again, you, you cannot. It's just not possible. Somebody might somehow be an overnight success, but if they have not been through the trials, if they have not been through the failures, if they have not been through the lowest of the lows, if they haven't learned how to, to struggle through the days when they just don't even want to get out of bed, if they haven't learned how to deal with the biggest freaking problems they could ever imagine, they're going to lose all of it. It's going to be gone. It's going to evaporate. I mean, why do you think, you know, so many, so many sports figures and, and entertainers and whatnot, right? They, 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 boom, they explode into star lottery winners or whatever. They explode into money and it's gone before you even know it. I mean, there's dudes that are, you know, that have made millions in, in professional sports that are back living with their parents, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and so it's, it's not meant to happen overnight. It's just not. It took me a lot longer than I think it should have because I was, <laughs> because I was, I was playing small and I was yeah. in a, I was in a relationship that sort of kept it that way, which was also my fault, but it's not supposed to happen overnight. You're supposed to, you're supposed to have to do the work in order to get there so that you're, because you're building character along the way, you're building your stamina, you're building your toughness, you're building your mind, you're building everything that you need to build to have the discipline to, to continue to grow what you've built once you've gotten to where you think you wanted to get to, because once you get to where you think you wanted to get to, it's, it's time to 
keep the big boy pants on and keep big girl pants on whatever and just right. keep going because yeah. if you stop if you think you can relax you're going to start drifting and going backwards 100 percent, love it okay so so good i hope the listeners paying attention you've been able to give them mindset you've been able to give them daily disciplines even i mean so far <laughs> Like I'm, I'm ready to go explode into the next chapter. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm fired up, ready to go. It was funny because I, I just came off of our very first person, or sorry, first in-person mastermind event this just this past weekend. So I, I saw I'm oh, all, cool. I'm all burnt and stuff here on my face. We, we went deep sea fishing and you know did the relationship stuff, similar stuff that you've been involved with, and and that feeling that you walk away of like, man, I know I'm, I know I'm gathering with other kings. That mm-hmm. I just just the everything that you've given so far is just, man, you can tell that you've worked on you, you've tell you've worked on your business and people and, and that you give. And so my point in saying that is not to, you know, blow, blow smoke up your skirt, <laughs> but to let the, the, but let the listener know that like, wow, this is, this is the real deal. And, and it's not like Rocky's done something that you can't, right. right? It's just the process that he just described that you go through. And even when you think someone's been overnight, you know, I've had people, you know, look at my story and been like, well, you, and you were super successful in your twenties. It's like, yeah, but I was also the guy for 10 years before that being super disciplined and reading hundreds of books right. when my friends were partying, you know, I was right. preparing just the same as you're talking about. And so I think that that's super important to remember that you're in the process of the journey. You're in the process of the preparation. And so, and you've heard it from somebody who's, who's been doing it for a long time. So Give us just a little couple minutes here on how the entrepreneurship journey started for you. I know, obviously, you kind of mentioned briefly here on this call, but you gave me more before the fact that you're a high school dropout, but that you own an engineering firm. Like, how how did that start? How did you fall into that? You know, give us give us a little bit of the backdrop there. So, so yeah, the the one piece of it is my dad was self employed and he was a professional engineer, and he happened to do septic designs sometimes. So when I was even a little boy, I had a postal digger at six years old. I would dig perk holes for him. And I didn't know anything about the business. I'd just dig the perk holes for him. And, and then eventually I actually was intended to be, I was intended to be a rock star and that's <laughs> a kind of a little bit of a different story, but, but it, it ended up, that ended up flaming out by my own, by my own smallness. And, and uh, so then I was working at, I was a production manager at a steel company in my early twenties. And I just realized that it was just not built to work for somebody else. You know, I was applying, I applied for some other jobs. And I just, I couldn't quite put a finger on it, but I just, I just, I just hated working for somebody else. I just, I just didn't like it. And so I happened to kind of know septic designs on the periphery. So I studied and took a couple exams and passed the local test that I needed to pass and, and uh, started doing septic designs part-time while I was still working at the steel company and i'd just you know do evenings and weekends go out and meet clients and yeah and handle the design work after hours and that kind of stuff and so I basically had two jobs for a couple of years and 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 then i was finally making enough money to go out on my own and and i did and then my i think at the time you know you got to bear in mind this is like early 90s i was doing maybe 1500 bucks a month part-time whatever and so I was like, all right, I can, make, I can, make, I can, I can do this. this buy, I can make it work. And, and then yeah. my first month, my first month out $75 in revenues. <laughs> wow. A whopping 75, huh? Yeah. But that's, so that's kind of how it, that, that's how it started. And I actually, I was positive that it was a, a temporary sort of thing until I found my passion, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And then now here I am 30 years later. 
And, and for me, it just, now I know exactly what I'm doing, but for me, especially as I kind of got busier and things got more complicated and you know, the projects got more complicated and everything else. I, there were times I just, I just hated what I did. I absolutely, like I would, I was just sick to my stomach when I'd wake up in the morning and think about having to go do what I was going to do. And I couldn't really put my finger on it, but <clears throat> there were a handful of times where I was ready to just walk away. I was ready to just quit. And, and, and I literally was like, done. Like, I don't fucking care. I'm done. Yeah. And, and, each time, this probably happened like four different times. And each time, just like a little voice in my head just would chime in and say, dude, I mean, you've already got this reputation. You've already got this clientele. You've got infrastructure. You've got, you know, whatever. And like, if you're just going to walk away, you're not talking about selling a business. If you're just going to walk away from what you're doing, why not? Like, how, how could I retool it in a way that would actually make me want to get a bed in the morning? And right. so... I did that. And then like, and then of course, then that became a to a point where I don't like it. So then I do it again. And I just kind of really almost by accident did that like four times. And then until I, until I actually got it to a place where it's like, all right, I can, I can like, this is cool. I'm, I, yeah. I like what I'm doing. And then the scaling thing and everything else that we're working on now is an entirely different conversation. That's like, that's like whole different thing, but I would have never gotten to the point that we yeah. are now where we're ready to really take off if I hadn't been through those, if I hadn't been through those points where I, where I wanted to give up and I didn't. Yeah. What you just said was pretty profound where you said that, you know, you were doing something that you didn't necessarily find the most joy in, but you were doing it because that's, that's, that's what you were doing. And that's just kind of like the, the, the simplicity of it really. But the mindset that you had in that moment was why not just retool it or change the circumstances to where maybe it is something that I can enjoy or something that I do like. And so you made some adjustments my guess is that you hired a couple of people, <laughs> you, put some, <laughs> you, you put some people in place or, or, or some structure in place. And, and then you, you kept on a certain role and you gave certain things away. And then you do that again and again. And, and now you've got this variation of yourself as well as a team that is <clears throat> prepared to scale much, much larger than just what most people think of as scaling. But is there, was there, a, was there a, a tipping point for you in that of like, okay, was this just me trying to figure out the business to something where I liked, or was there help that you had, a book that you read, you know, anything like that that came across the way that gave you the idea of, okay, well, if I retooled this, then it could be something that was good for me. Or no, was that just was inside of you? It was literally just, I was just done. And then it just was, and, and it just kind of came to me each time. Yeah. 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 Good. But okay. it was interesting because each time that I had it, I'd forgotten that I'd already done it before. The third time I think I've realized like, oh, well, you've done this before. You could do it again. Like you can, you can, yep. it's okay to it's okay to do that. So it got it's easy okay to out. analyze, make some adjustments and yep. move forward in a slightly different way. Yep. Yeah. That's good. That's good freedom right there, honestly, because things are going to ebb and flow in business all the time, up and down, around and around we go. Okay. <laughs> got a question for you on, on decisions. Okay. I want you to tell me a good decision that you made specific as you can. That was just super rock star of you. If I, if I'm going to be totally hundred percent honest, if I'm being a hundred percent honest, Cause I could, I mean, there are other examples, but, but I'll, I'll be leaving something on the table that isn't, you know, that I could say, which is, sure. it, it kind of ties into my worst, my worst decision. My worst decision was choosing to marry the partner that I did back when I was young. Mm. And because I didn't even know it until I ended that relationship 25 years later, that that's what was keeping me small. You adjust your identity temperature to, to, to yeah. what you believe in yourself and I, and I, 
you know, maybe some people are immune to it, but man, it's, you know, your spouse goes a long way towards what you believe in yourself. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, if you, if you've truly married the right person, you've married your best friend and your confidant and somebody who, you know, you, you really can, <clears throat> can confide in. And if you haven't, then it's just constant tension and negativity. And, yeah. and so best decision 1A was actually choosing to get divorced after 25 years of marriage. And yeah. we had two older adopted kids. We didn't have any biological kids. And that was like the most scary thing I've ever done in my life. Cause we met oh. when we were 17 years old and I'd never really like been on my own per se, if you will, in that regard. And, <clears throat> and just not knowing if I was making the biggest decision of my life and potentially just sending my life down a freaking, you know, train wreck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, just full of fear. Um, yeah. Totally full of fear. And even though I knew, even though like the other side of me was like totally liberated about it, like totally 100%, 100% like hundred percent sure that this is what I'm doing. There is no way I'm turning back on this. And half of me saying, you're going to fucking die. <laughs> yeah, just, Literally. yeah the uncertainty the, of the unknown yeah yeah because uh, part of it too was i gave i literally gave her every ounce of cash we had every ounce of equity we had i took all the debt and and i ended up taking on a lot of unsecured private debt personal debt in order to you know to just i just wanted the band-aid ripped off i wanted it done so i so i went broke again and like literally literally broke like i like there were there were Fridays where I didn't know how I was going to come up with 12 grand on Monday to pay staff and right. pay my lease and that kind of shit. And then, so I would just, I got into this habit of like, okay, I can't afford to think that I'm screwed. So I, as soon as I start thinking I'm screwed, I'm screwed. There's no other, they, there's literally no other alternative to be, other than to be screwed. If I start telling myself I'm screwed. Right. So instead I just started looking at what can I, you know, even if I can't generate invoices because work isn't to a certain point or whatever, what can I actually do to just push things forward, move work forward, keep everything moving at, at as high a, of a level as I possibly can, because it's the only thing I can think to do to just kind of create the energy in the universe. And just, mm -hmm. I got to, I, I have to just trust that it's going to work out. And sure yeah. enough, there were probably three, four times where I, I literally had no idea where the money was going to come from. I mean, I knew, you know, I had invoices floating out and blah, 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 but I had no idea when somebody was going to pay me or whatever. And every single time the money came through every single time I'd wake up, you know, I'd wake up in the middle of the night, the, you know, the night before the big day when I needed to write a lot of checks or send a lot of payments out. And, and sure enough, somebody, you know, one or two clients who would have made a big deposit in my account. It was just enough to cover everything. It wasn't like I could breathe again. It was just like, okay, I made it. I made it through this cycle and, and just best decision B, one B, if you will, was <clears throat> I didn't even know it at the time that I would that I would be saying this, but but marrying my current wife because it's been it's been a game changer around just her encouragement, her encouragement and her belief in me and what she sees in me that I wasn't seeing in myself yet. Right. You know, now I actually can generate that for myself. Now I actually do because I, I come from a super dysfunctional family and super just. A, highly abusive and dysfunctional family yeah, uh, yeah. and neglectful family. It's given me a lot of strengths as to who I am today. And I wouldn't change it because I wouldn't want to be anybody else today. Right. It took me a long time to get out from under that cloud to really start understanding my worth, my intrinsic worth. Yeah. So. Yeah. And so as you were working on yourself and that, even letting you know first wife go and then second wife coming and kind of stepping in to a level that you had already been building, I'm sure just was like gasoline on the fire that was already mm -hmm. starting to build. 
Yeah. 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 That's incredible. Well, you've answered the the good and bad decision in in one foul <laughs> swoop, my friend, which is great. I, I think that, you know, the I guess the takeaway here is that you're right. The spouse matters, man. I mean, whether the spouse is involved in the business or not, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, because my current wife is not zero involvement whatsoever. Like I, I, I mean, I, I have a very detailed list of things that that she'll need to do if something happens to me. Sure, <laughs> that sounds like you my know, my, my piece of paper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's like super detailed out. Like here are the access codes. Here are the passwords. You know, like here's what you're gonna need to do for two weeks until yep. until you know so and so can step in and kind of help out. And, yep. And yep. you know, but That's it'll be funny. stuff that it'll be stuff she's never had a touch in her life. You know, and hopefully, yep. hopefully, we never have to think about it. But exactly. But yeah, she's not involved in it at all, and I prefer it that way. I, I, I personally, I know a lot of people successfully work together as, as husband and wife, but I really like the I really love the the separation there. Yeah, yeah, I think there's there's identity for both you know parties, especially if 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 there's not a desire there. It's funny that you said all the the setup. Julie and I are the same way. I'm like, here are the two people you need to call. They'll know what to do. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. don't lose these two phone numbers. Yeah, right. <laughs> Whatever you do, They'll, they have everything. <laughs> and by They'll the way, be... would you please practice opening the safe a little more often? <laughs> right. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's the it's the manual. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you have to be able to do it under duress. It's easy to do when you're not stressed. So just you know, keep practicing it because you're going right. to be kind of stressed That's out right. if something happens. <laughs> well, I, I think, I think everybody needs to have that. I mean, you know, I mean, although, although funny having things in place is a big, is a big deal. So it's a, deal. It's it's a, a part big, of, for, for me, it's a big deal around being able to sleep at night because, because you know how many more moving pieces are happening and yeah. you know, yeah. the weight of the crown, like we were just talking about before we got on the yeah. air. It's like the, the weight of the decisions that you and I make or others like us, where it's like one, not necessarily one decision gone wrong and it unravels, but like, there's lots of plays being made, investments in here and business here, teams being built here, people here, people here. And, you know, that without you, or at least the expertise of you could make her world a mess. Yeah. 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 The power of, of what is it? Just provider, you know, the fact that we want to just not only be provider, but, the, but like a covering really is what it is. Cause it's even past, yeah. past you. Right. Yeah. It is. And it's a really cool, to me, it's like a really, I just feel like it's an honor to be able to lean into being a provider and a protector. And, and uh, I love it. I love everything about it. Right down to thinking about, you know, hey, practice the combination of the safe a few times later. Yep. Um, we, we could we could probably have a whole nother show. Just, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll go even as far as like walking into rooms. I'm like, hey, you see that door over there? See that door over there? Like, see those people over there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Situational awareness. Know, she, always, hey. she always, like on one hand, she appreciates it, but she always laughs at me because she knows I want to be seated to where I can see out towards everything going on in the restaurant. I don't want my back to the door. Nope. And I've done a quick scan I've, and I've taken a picture. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's good. Okay. Let's go to the speed round. We This conversation has been so good. I've just allowed it to just flow, but I want to hit the speed round questions before we go. All right. What is the one metric inside your business that you would choose to track if you could only pick one thing to track? Jesus, I guess I would say it's an interesting one because maybe it's not a, a typical one, but I would say, are we, is everybody consistently and always following all of our procedures and protocols to a T? Because if they are, that means our culture is there and intact. It means our quality is there and intact. It means our commitment is there and intact. And if those things are intact, there is no way we don't win. 
Love it. Great answer. Okay. What book would you recommend that a six-figure owner read? That's so hard. I would say <clears throat> probably because I'm reading it right now, but it actually is a pretty amazing book. Ed Milet just put out a new book, The Power of One More. Yep. I don't know if you've if you've seen I've it. heard, haven't haven't gotten it yet, but I've heard lots about it. And because I because if I wasn't gonna say that, I'd probably say, you know, Think and Grow Rich or maybe even Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Outwitting the Devil's an incredible read. But Ed refers a lot to Napoleon Hill. So I would say the thing about his book is that he really puts a lot of highly tactical things that you can just do right now to get in action. And, and really the whole, the power of one more is just, it's all about, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, one more rep, one more set, one more phone call to the, to a client, one more back check on your quality before something goes out the door. One more, I love you to your wife you know, whatever, whatever it might be, but it's the power is in, and it's true. The power is in that one more that, like I said, there's, we win in millimeters and the degree of separation between people who are making seven or eight or nine figures and somebody who's making six figures, it's really not that big. You go hang out with Ed and Andy, they're just normal dudes. They're not drifting. They're as intentional as, as it gets. And that's, it's such a little nuance, but you know, I think, I think if you, truly become that person who doesn't stop at good enough, never stops at good enough, who never walks by something that, that they see isn't quite right and doesn't stop and fix it. If you become that person in just little increments, there's no way you're not going to win. There's just no yeah. way. So anyway, I really, I like that book a lot because it, it, it really talks a lot about that. That's good. Okay. Do you intentionally network or mastermind with other entrepreneurs and why? Yeah. So, I mean, it's part of why I wanted, why I, said yes to coming on your podcast. Cause you know, I, I love, I love talking to other business owners and I love getting inspired by just the energy and, and, and I mean, I feel energized by this conversation, you know, and, 100%. and so that's, so I, I say yes a lot to, to that kind of stuff. And then also that we have a, a pretty solid, uh, Arte syndicate, uh, group in Arizona, actually, that's like 30 people strong. So we, we get together once a month and it's usually 12 to 15 of us. And, and, you know, everybody's kind of pushing each other and, you know, some of, a lot of us become, <clears throat> have become friends. And, and then I also go to the, the Arte Syndicate has a summit once or twice a year. And I go to those as well. I try to only surround myself with people who, when I leave, I feel energized. If I notice that I'm feeling drained or neutral, I'm probably, uh, if I notice that a couple more times, that person's probably not going to be in my life anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a good barometer, a good litmus test to be able to go, is this person in or out? Mm -hmm. And if you feel inspired or, or ready to go charge the hill after spending time with them, that's probably a good one to keep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I've got two more questions here for you. This one, this one, this one is a good one. I've, I've, this is a new one, actually. If you only had one hour each week to run your business, what would you do in that one hour to successfully run your business? Just like you do now. I think I would go back to that one metric, making sure that, that, that the actual execution is occurring. I would, I would, I would focus all on that because I, again, I just, I just know that if everybody's executing, it means that it means the culture's there, blah, 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 blah. It means it's all yep. there all the way and down. there's no way we don't win. And so if I had to only have an hour, that's what I would have to focus on. Yeah. Love the, I love the connection between those two answers. Okay. Last question, Rocky, if you lost it all again, <laughs> what would you do? <laughs> Same thing I've always done. No, I, you know, it's interesting because you know, what would I do? I mean, number one, I'd make sure my family is good. And yeah. number two, I'd get right back to work and I'd look, I'd look for a problem to solve. And 
I'd start working on solving that problem. For some reason, it, it, it couldn't be this business anymore for whatever reason. I don't know what that would be, but I would just try to find a new problem to solve and then get to work on solving it and providing, you know, providing value. Because if you, if you find a problem to solve and you focus on providing value and don't worry about the outcome, you're committed to what you want to achieve, but you don't worry about the outcome of the moment, you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah. Love that answer. Rocky, if someone connected with you today, they want to reach out to you. They want to figure out how to find you on social media. Where can they find you? Instagram. I'm just on, it's i.m.rocco.com. And uh, R-O-C-K-O. And business-wise, it's Rocky at ADC Wastewater Engineering. And those are probably the two best ways to, <clears throat> to find me. Perfect. Brother, you have been an incredible source of value today. The fact that you're willing to give your time to help other entrepreneurs speaks so much of your character. And so thank you for that. Thank you for even just the inspiration you've given me today. And I hope that there's future deals for us to be had. So looking forward to those, those moments in the future for us. Great. Thanks for listening to Gathering the Kings. We hope you got a ton of value today and learned a thing or two about taking your business to seven figures and beyond. If you desire more and want a community around you to help you get there, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. That's gatheringthekings.com. And I want you to apply for our next Becoming a King 90-Day Intensive. We are extremely exclusive by nature as a group. What that means is that we're really wanting only the entrepreneurs who take their business and targets super serious to apply. So if that's you, you think you got what it takes to level up your business, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com and apply. And we will see you on the other side.